In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, happy belated Father's Day out there to all you wonderful dads and all of you who uh, hope to be dads soon, you know, never too late to get started on the Father Day wishes. This is Marla Tabaka, and I'm really excited to be here today. We have a fabulous, amazing woman as our guest today. At the age of 24, today's guest was earning $400 a month, but her rent was 360 she had holes in her shoes and couldn't afford bus fare to get to work. So this motivated her to beat the odds and become her own boss. She launched and grew her company from the ground up, eventually hiring a few employees, and went on to become a two-time winner of the prestigious Philly 100. And that's an award that recognizes the 100 fastest growing companies in all of Philadelphia. So hello, that's pretty amazing. Lisa Raffle is the founder and president of Communication Solutions and remains the driving force behind her 19-year-old public relations and, uh, and marketing. That's right, public relations and marketing company. In 2009, she was recognized by Governor Ed Rendell as one of the best 50 women in business businesses today. That is another amazing thing. And Lisa's here to share with us not only her her story about the challenges and the ups and the downs, but how she persevered and grew this company and her favorite tricks of the trade to help you launch your business's PR campaign with that million-dollar mindset. Lisa, welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be on the program. Thanks for having me. Well, we're just excited to have you and your story and all your wonderful wealth of knowledge here with us today. (laughs) So, wow, wow, $400 a month. And what, you come up with this idea to launch a business? Well, I was working as um, the director of public relations for another firm, and and my paychecks were bouncing. So every other week they would give you a check, and they'd say, "Um, you're not going to deposit this, are you? Um, So I really really didn't have anything to lose. There was a lot of pressure to bring in new clients. I had a paycheck that I couldn't deposit, um, and basically I turned to my good friend who was also my attorney and said, well, can I leave this place and start my own business? And she said, well, do you have a non-compete agreement? And I said, no, and she said, go right ahead. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I was able to um, tell the clients that I was leaving and, and took off and basically started. I broke all the rules. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't, you know, I hadn't really thought it out. I didn't have the funding. 
I just knew that it had to be better than the current situation, and, and, and I opened up my doors, and that was bad. Yeah, and a lot of businesses are born that way. And, um, you know, I coach female entrepreneurs with growing businesses, and a lot of them get off the map that, or on the map that way. And then what often happens is, you know, the business just starts booming over time, and they didn't have that plan in the beginning and haven't had time to create the plan. I, and what, yeah. I don't have yeah. a resume. You know, people say, do you have a re-? No, no resume. Do you have a business plan? No, no business plan. But, you know, the model works and, you know, and we're growing and that, that's all that I have, you know? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And so how long was it before you were bringing home more than $400 a month? <laughs> um, well, so let's think. So it started at 400 and then I, I guess I, 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 it took a few months. It was probably three or four months. It was very lean times. I was trying to act like something, everything was normal, and I had just gotten engaged and to my oh, almost okay. husband of almost 18 years. Next week, it'll be 18 years that we've been married. But I was, I was too proud to say, I'm broke. I was trying to act like everything was normal. And then finally, I guess when we were talking about holiday gifts, I said, I can't buy any gifts this year. I have no money. And then I think I burst into tears and then, you know, got, got a little line of credit and, and then just um, grew it from there. But it was about four or five very, very lean months. Yeah, well, that's not so, I mean, I know it was bad while you were going through it, but really, if you started making a profit in four or five months, that's excellent. Yeah, I guess my first paycheck, my first, I guess, the tax return was really nothing to write home on. I probably could have, I probably was eligible for um, for food stamps, actually. I think my, my first income for my first year was about $9,000, but... Wow. So, Lisa, this show is about a lot of things, but the foundation of it really is about mindset and what kinds of thoughts and attitudes, you know, take you through the challenging times and, and, and help you um, during the successful times as well. What would you say was your, your dominant, you know, mindset during this stressful time 19 years ago? that I, I really didn't have anything to lose. I, you know, why not try it? You know, I, I am a very strong salesperson. I, I, I am definitely a people person, and I figured that would carry me through it. I would, I would see what I could do to bring in business. I was, you know, I was young. I didn't have a mortgage, um, you know, just about to get married, no children. So I, I felt like, you know, let's give it a shot, and, you know, if I fall on my face, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll get a job, I'll, I'll go back and, and, but, but let me just try, try this and see how it goes. And I, you know, I felt like I had a model. I kind of had a, uh, as I'll tell you later when I walk through PR pointers, everyone has to have a unique selling point, how they package their business regardless of what they do. I, I felt like I had a unique selling point and let me just go out there and, and, and work the streets and see what we can do. And, and sure enough, I was able to bring on you know, clients, it was funny, I'd have a very few samples initially, you know, a little sample here or there, but somehow people had enough faith in my abilities that I, that I got the contracts, and, and then it yeah. just grew from there. Yeah, and so I talk a lot about law of attraction principles and stuff, and it doesn't sound like you necessarily um, knowingly implemented a lot of law of attraction principles, but in a way you really did because you weren't, you were absent of the great, you know, fear that blocks so many uh, b- 
business owners, well, so many people, and you had an attitude of, hey, I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to make it succeed. And if not, it's not the end of the world, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I, I figured I would, I, would, I, I would try it. And at this point, after all these years, I, you know, I, I could never imagine working for somebody else. At this point, I mean, it's really just in the blood. I own my own business. My husband owns his own business, completely unrelated to mine. And, you know, we basically tell our 11-year-old son, you know, go, go to college, get your experience, and then, you know, start your own business. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, an entrepreneurial uh, bloodline here, yeah. if you will. That's so cool. That's so cool. So you had this business going. You were you were getting married in the midst of it. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that was funny because my plan to leave and start my own business, I kept in this, you know, at my job where I couldn't deposit my checks. I had this file called Our Wedding. But if you opened it up, you would see it was all my plans to, you know, to start my own business. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to dig around. I probably still have that here somewhere. But if you opened it up, it was, you know, my, um, you know, my legal documents, name registration, oh. and all that other stuff. Gosh. Yeah, you had a lot to focus on. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was really tired. Of my, you know, I remember after the wedding and we hopped on the plane and I think I slept, we slept through the entire flight. It just was, you know, very, very uh, crazy time. Oh, I'll bet it was. And then it, some years later, you, you decided you wanted to have children. Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, I was kind of late, a late starter. Probably, you know, we were, I guess I was 30 or 31 um, and, you know, went through, you know, started saying, okay, this is it. Let's, let's give this a shot. Let's try and have a baby. And, you know, it wasn't working. And actually, maybe whether I was lucky or not lucky, one of my clients happened to be um, an infertility center. So we actually started a very aggressive um, round of infertility treatment. So we didn't, we didn't drag our feet too long. We went through, you know, for all of the state-of-the-art latest and greatest that was available, and I was pretty familiar with it because I had been handling PR for, on this topic for, for a, you know, many years by then. And, um, yeah, it landed me actually in, in the hospital. My, I had over-responded to some of the stimulants, and um, my kidneys had stopped functioning. So I, my body had filled up with 30 pounds of fluid, and I ended up in, in the hospital, you know, with my kidneys not functioning. Um, yeah, I was in pretty bad shape. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, we had a decision to make at that point. Did you, you know, was my goal really to be pregnant or was my goal really to be a mom? And my goal was really to be a mom. Um, you know, I never, you know, everybody is completely, you know, different in their perspective. But, you know, I, I don't think I was ever one of those people that said, oh, I can't wait to, you know, be wearing maternity dresses. So, you yeah. know, I, we said, okay, let's, let's adopt. And, um, you know, and we ultimately chose to adopt overseas. Um, we adopted our son from Russia. Um, I got familiar enough with the pros and cons of domestic versus overseas adoption and felt that overseas was the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. The only, you know, drawback, but it wasn't really a drawback because it was a wonderful experience as we traveled to Russia. We were there for three weeks in the middle of the winter um, oh. to adopt our son, Ilya, where there was four hours of daylight every day. It snowed constantly. Um, but it was amazing, and we got to see his country so we could tell him all about, you know, we always have great Russia stories to tell him because he was just one. He didn't obviously remember any of it. So, uh -huh. And the funniest thing is we were, we were new parents, and, you know, so we didn't know anything. So here we have a, a 13-month-old, and I remember wheeling him through the freezing streets of Moscow. He was in his little stroller, 
and he fell asleep. Well, I thought he froze to death because I didn't know. I had never had a child before. So I said, oh, my God, he's frozen. And I started shaking him. Ilya, Ilya, wake up. He was just taking a nap. I thought he was frozen. Oh, that is too funny. <laughs> and the first time I clipped his nails a little too close and they were bleeding a little bit, I dialed 911 because I panicked. I didn't know what to do. And now any, <laughs> any experienced parent will tell you that was absolutely kooky, but I, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, well, you don't know what you don't know. I remember right, exactly. when that happened to one of my daughters, too. Yeah. It's scary because you think, oh, my gosh, I hurt this little person. I know. I have no idea. Well, okay. And there was a language barrier going, you know, so... Oh, oh, how cute is that? Well, we're going to go into a little bit of a break here, Lisa. And um, wow, you certainly have overcome some stuff. And we're going to hear more when we get back from this break. Thanks again for joining us today. This is fun. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Togginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, welcome back. We're here today with Lisa Raffle, who founded uh, her company 19 years ago, Communication Solutions, and you'll find her at 
www.comsolutions.com. That's C-O-M solutions.com. So check it out. What a story, Lisa. So you start your company out of really desperation almost. I hate to use that word. But, no, it's you know, true. It's true. <laughs> decide you want to have a baby. End up with kidney failure. Decide you're going to adopt. End up in the freezing middle of winter in Russia with an adorable baby who, who you had to shake because you thought he was frozen. Yeah, yeah. So, cute. <laughs> so what? Okay, so you go to Russia, you, you, you lay your eyes on this little one-year-old stranger who is now your son. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was amazing. We had been practicing um, this line, um, Yatvoyai Mama, I am your mama. It's actually oh. Yatvoyai Mama, Etzevoy Papa. The Hubudish Nashthanuk. I memorized it. From what I understand, it means I'm your mother, this is your father, you are our son. So we were practicing and practicing and practicing. And then, you know, they bring Ilya over to us and he's all bundled up. Now you have to understand the inside of the baby home is hot. It's like 85 degrees. But they have this mentality, I guess, like bundle the children up. You don't want them to catch a cold. So he was in multiple layers of clothing. So he was all sweaty. And poor little guy um, and in all these layers of sweat clothes. And they bop him on our, stick him on our lap. And, of course, he's petrified. And he's sucking his, not crying, just sucking his little thumb like, staring at us, trying to make sense of all of this. And, you know, we used our line that we practiced on him. And, um, you know, we told him what a wonderful life we were all going to have. And we gave him um, a cereal bar, which he devoured, just devoured. Um, and, you know, and, and it was just, we brought him a little toy. And then, you know, he had to stay at the baby home for another three days. So we ha- went, kept going back and visiting him because we had to wait until we had our court date. And then once we had our court date, we went back officially and, we put him in his outfit that we bought for him and his little shoes and whisked him off. Um, so the whole thing was just incredible. It was incredible just watching him see the world, um, yeah. you know, for the first time, being outside, you know, trying foods that he had never had um, because primarily he, he was drinking, his diet was kefir, which is like a liquid yogurt. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So he was able to try different things, and it was just wonderful watching him discover all these things, this whole other world. I'll bet, and I'll bet you fell in love really quickly. Oh, I did, yeah, we bonded right away, and then, of course, you know, whenever I left the room, he burst into tears, because, you know, there's always, you know, attachment issues. Uh, It's actually good, because it shows that he's attached, like, you know, he recognizes you as being someone that he wants to be near, so it was, you know, it was, I couldn't really leave. (laughs) I couldn't really leave the room. And we were in the Marriott for um, three weeks in Moscow, and I think he thought that was his house. After three weeks. So when we finally got him home, it was a little overwhelming for him to then go into this four-bedroom home. You know, we tried to Mm -hmm. stay in smaller rooms just for him to acclimate himself. Mm -hmm. Wow, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Amazing. Yeah, we tried to do just as much research as we could, um, you know, beforehand, just in terms of, you know, what to expect. Well, I'm sure you're really good at research. Yeah. <laughs> and so you come back home with this brand new one-year-old. I mean, you know, you you don't do the little infant. You've got somebody who's walking around, talking a language you don't understand. Yes. Uh, communication issues there. I mean, he couldn't have picked a more perfect mom when communication's right. But I mean, wow. How did you how did you manage to get back to work with all that going on? Um, well, we, um, you know, I, I'm very lucky. My husband and I, everything really in our house is an even across the board split. You know, I always try and be empathetic when I hear people say, oh, my husband doesn't 
doesn't help with this, he doesn't help with that, but I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I don't, that's not our situation in our, in our house. We really share the responsibilities and, um, Honestly, I'm, I'm um, much more of the breadwinner in our house, probably three times more the breadwinner in our house. So mom, mom gets first dibs on meetings, et cetera. And, um, and so it worked out. It just worked. So there were certain days that I was home with Ilya. There were certain days that my husband Mark was home with Ilya. Then there were de- designated grandparent times um, that the grandparents were very excited. So there was probably... I guess four months that we all kind of went on this rotation. And then, to be honest with you, Ilya at like, uh, I guess 18 or 19 months was ecstatic to go into a daycare setting. Because don't forget, he grew up surrounded Uh by little children. He's a very, even now, he's a very sociable guy. You bring him to a place where there's a bunch of strange kids and he will come back with four new best friends. (laughs) So uh, I remember when I brought him to day- to daycare, and I was so worried, how will this go? I mean, he was just ecstatic to be back around children. Oh, so yeah. you know, it it all it all really worked. It all it all worked out fine, and um, you know, and now he's a you know he's a very academic kid. I'm really into school, really into doing things with his friends. Very verbal, which is really funny with the one language, the year, the delay of you know being exposed to English. Um, you know. Definitely very, very verbal. And he's 11 now? He's 11, yeah. Okay. He's 11, okay. and he has, um, um, he, ha- he does have attention deficit disorder, um, which um, I think is, is a blessing and sometimes a, a downside. I mean, he's very entrepreneurial, very creative, very into major projects, which is definitely, you know, typical of people with ADD. Um, on the flip side, it's hard to pull him away from those projects. He's very hyper-focused yes. on what he's interested in, um, and he does get easily distracted. So we've really kind of mastered the best way to handle the ADD. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, you could say there's, there's plenty of kids born here with, you know, you know great, you know, um, prenatal uh, situations, et cetera, that are yeah. also, you know, walking around at school with ADD. So it's Absolutely. not like it's anything major, yeah. you know, and I guess the yeah. more I've become familiar with it, the more I realize there's so many, you know, talented and famous and successful people out there that, you know, that have ADD, yeah. so. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, so many entrepreneurs have ADD, and uh, they're forced to learn to manage it very, very well because they want and need their businesses to succeed, so. Yeah. It doesn't seem to hold them back. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, for him, I figure whatever he does when he grows up, it, ha- it clearly needs to be something he's really into. Yeah. And I, I envision yeah. for him it'll be very active, very physical, very, you know, I, I don't see him engrossed in, in a research project by any right. means. I, I definitely see him out and about. So Right, right. So, Lisa, how how large is your company today in terms of how many contract employees or employees do you employ, and how many um, clients do you juggle? So, in the office, um, there's there's six of us in the office. We have um, three people that work from home. We do have um, somebody in uh, a couple employees in other parts of the state service uh-huh. clients that are just geographically a little too far for us to be traveling to back and forth. I'd say we consistently have um, 25 clients. Some work with us on an ongoing retained basis, so we are their marketing PR department. Others will just call us um, 
when they have a special project they need, an annual report, or we do a lot of crisis communications. We're, we're very strong in crisis communication. So we might just get a call if there's a crisis, and then the crisis is over, and then, you know, mm-hmm. we don't hear from them till the next crisis. But there's usually around 25 at any given time. Wonderful. And, and so it sounds like they're pretty large companies. Um, they run the gamut. I mean, we have small, you know, we, 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 we do have some large ones. We have school districts. We have, you know, a bank, a credit union. We have, you know, the larger ones. But then we do have, you know, the one- or two-person business that does, you know, just tutoring services or engineering or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we do have the smaller companies as well. Mm-hmm. And so do you work um, – How? I, I love the whole topic of the USP, the unique selling point, mm-hmm. because it's, um, you know, when you're, when you're in your own business and even though you know who your ideal client is and you know what their needs and desires and wants are and you know what you do, it's really hard to formulate this. Yeah, this- you have to step away. I, I tell people you need to kind of step away from your office. You need to, the question you have to ask yourself is, um, if, you know, if someone has their checkbook out and they're either going to write a check for me or for my competition, why should they write a check for me? And that is um, your unique, that's your unique selling point. And if you can't find it, if you don't know what it is, well, I have to say, you know, that, that, that's a shame because it's your business, you live and breathe it. But, but if you can't find it, you need to step out of your the daily chaos and, 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 and drill down on it more. Um, but you also need to ask your customers, why do they come back to you year after year? What is it? I mean, a lot of times your unique selling point could evolve from talking to people that have done business with you for many years. Mm-hmm. But you can't, but you need to know what that is really before you launch any sort of a marketing or, marketing or PR campaign because that message needs to be carried through all of your materials, your PR, everything. Right, right. And so let's talk for a little bit, and we have about two minutes until our break. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk for a little bit, to, if you don't mind, to those smaller companies out there who aren't yet ready to afford your services. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, when, Lisa, when is the ideal time to launch a, a PR campaign? Um, well, it's usually helpful. So the first thing you want to do is you, you want to you have some marketing goals in place, Um because otherwise you're, you know, you're going to waste your effort if it's the wrong geographic area, if your message isn't drilled down. So you have to determine, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to target a new geographic area, um, you know, promote a new service that you now have? Um, who is your target market? Um, you know, we all like to think that everybody could be our target market or our customer, but that's not the case. Um, and then your unique selling point, what is it? And once you have those three in place, then you're ready to start a public relations program. So goals, target market, unique selling point. Goals, target market, and unique selling point. Okay. And um, I sometimes have a really hard time with some clients getting them to isolate a really well-niched and defined um, target market. Do you ever find that with clients coming in? Yeah, and I really try and take a look at how far will people travel for their services. So, for Ah. example, let's see, it's a... Let's say it's somebody in healthcare or a chiropractor, let's say. Well, if people are injured or they're in pain, they're only going to travel so far, right? So right. he just wants to focus on the immediate radius. Um, you know, is your audience senior citizens? Are they, you know, parents of private school kids? You really need to narrow it down on who your target market is 
Um, you know, and we all want to think everybody wants to do business with us, but that's not realistic. So you have to take a look at your price point, you know, your geographic location, and who is the person that's really going to be most likely to pay for your okay. services. All right, and we'll be back in just two minutes Great. with Lisa Raffle. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time. Time for some R&R. Sure, rest and relaxation is good, but reinvention and re-energizing is even better. Time for some R&R with Rachel Wright. Happens Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Inside Network. You see, when life throws you a curveball such as divorce, the arrival of twins, a loss of a job, or you just seem to be stuck in a rut of your everyday routine, R&R offers you the escape you're seeking. Rachel will introduce you to friends who have been there and done that and chose to reinvent their lives. They will share stories on how they have successfully coped with mind-bending situations. And instead of being a victim of circumstances, they have decided to sit in the driver's seat and take control of the course their life will take. And most importantly, they're enjoying the ride. Check out Rachel's books and her website at themotherofreinvention.com. Plus her page on Facebook, Time for some R&R. It's time for reinvention and re-energizing. Time for some R&R. With Rachel Wright, Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. And I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, re building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her inside network on toginet.com and now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with a lady who has a great attitude, Lisa Raffel. And Lisa is the founder of ComSolutions.com. That's communication solutions. You'll find them at ComSolutions.com. So, Lisa, we were talking about really honing down your target market and um, your unique selling point and you know, launching your campaign from there. So um, a lot of times I speak with women in business who are kind of surprised when I say, well, you know, when you take on a new and glamorous client or you hire some fabulous person into your firm or whatever, that's time for a press release and to do it, you know, a little bit of a, a tiny campaign around it. What, what are some of the reasons that 
a small company, um, you know, say a company under $1 million in annual revenues, uh, might, might launch a campaign? Oh, um, so, you know, any new service, any new um, employee that perhaps they brought on that brings this new skill set, um, mm-hmm. anything that they're doing to address a need precipitated by the economy or recent data or anything else that's out there, um, any special event that they might have on the horizon that they're looking to build attendance for, those would be some other reasons to issue a press release. Um, also, if there's something coming out in, the, out in the news already that they could lend some credibility as an expert toward, that would be a reason for them to issue a press release. Yeah, and so I always tell my clients to try and tie in what, whatever they're issuing the, the release on um, with some current event in some clever way. Yeah, um, you have to watch the news regularly and say, oh, you know, oh, goodness, this is going on in the news, but I I know all about this. I could comment on this. And then you really need to jump on it right away because um, the news is the news that day. (laughs) And then then the topics change. So that morning you want to get your release out or or call your local media outlets and say, hey, I know this is going on out there nationally. I would be a local expert on this. Do you want to interview me? So I definitely encourage people to keep their eyes on what's going on in the news. Okay, so so that's a great tip, too, to call your local media outlets, um, newspapers, local magazines, local television stations, local radio stations. Uh, and Am I missing anything there? Um, well, you know, uh, there's more and more content is going to the web. So if there's a yeah. certain blogger or a website that's focusing on, you know, issues that are, are relevant to you, make yourself available for a web-based interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. And so can you give us any more of a formula um, to really come to, because when, when you think of businesses today, so many of them are web-based yeah. or um, consultants that can, I'm, like you do, you work with clients all over the world, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so given that, when you don't have the uh, the geographic region confining you, what are some tips to really narrowing down your niche focus in terms of your, your demographic and your audience? Well, you know, once again, if you're not, if you're not narrowing them down by, by geography, then you, you want to narrow them down by socioeconomics or, um, you know, profession. For example, if you're, you know, if you're selling um, propellers, to helicopters, you manufacture propellers, let's say, you're really only interested in marketing to the people that manufacture the helicopters that would, you know, buy your propellers. So you, you really need to think who you're, who you're uh, you know, and if that's the case, you really want to be in, I'm making this up, but you really want to yeah. be in Helicopter Today magazine. You know, it really, you really don't want to be in Women's Day because no one's going to see you and buy your propeller. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a really obscure example, but I yeah. guess the point I'm trying to make is... You can go crazy, you know, sending out releases and getting yourself interviews here, there, or everywhere. But the, if the real people that are going to buy your services are in, you know, such you know such and such a town, and they're you know senior citizens of this age, well, then that's where you need to be concentrating your efforts. Yeah. Okay. Now there's a so- variety of very targeted lists that you could secure today. So if you decided, okay, besides PR. I want to do some email blasts or I want to do some targeted direct mail, 
you know, you could buy some, some very specific lists of people by, you know, value of home, age of children present, occupation, you know, what type of heat they have in their house. I mean, there's a very specific list so that if you're targeting that way, you're not just hitting everybody. Yeah. Okay. So buying a list and marketing to that list is a powerful, often powerful way to go as well. And, and um, I was going to say also um, buying the subscriber, if, there, if there's a certain magazine that you're reading and you say, you know, all of my customers, you know, current customers, I know they read this magazine. Well, then perhaps what you also want to do is buy the subscriber list and target your mailing toward those subscribers because now you already know, okay, that's, that's your target. Here's some other ways to reach them. Wonderful, wonderful. I've, I've never actually heard about doing that. That's pretty interesting. And so you just contact the publisher and... Right. Yeah, look into the cost of that. And some of them will actually, as far as I know, some lists will actually break it down. I mean, really break down yes. um, the list for you so you don't have to buy all 300,000 names or what have you. Exactly. They'll break them down by job title, size of, if you're doing a business-to-business mailing, job title, size of company, revenue, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, okay, so we've got our press releases, email blasts, um, direct mail. What are some other clever marketing things to do on a tight budget? Um, speaking engagements. Uh-huh. You know, if, if there's, a, if there's a gazillion groups and associations out there that are always looking for um, competent, free speakers. Mm-hmm. And so if you're comfortable speaking, let's say you're a financial consultant and, you know, you want to talk about how to start planning to send your kid to college or, you know, you're a psychologist and you want to talk about dealing with, you know, aging parents or whatever the situation might be, um, making yourself available as a speaker is a, a, a very effect, cost-effective way to gain visibility for yourself because, you know, it's a win-win situation. They're not paying you to speak. You're not paying them, but you're in front of an, a captive audience that's there because they want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and so then when you do this, when you go out and you give this presentation, there are probably some other things you want to be prepared with, like, you know, having an email sign-up list or something at the presentation, right? Oh, sure. You don't want to go home and then say, oh, crud, I didn't get anybody's name, I didn't this, that. But, yeah, definitely, because those are your prospects moving forward. Yeah. Anything else uh, to prepare or do? Um, Bring some collateral materials with you. I mean, that's why I always tell people to have your collateral materials together first, because it would be unfortunate to have that opportunity and not have a capabilities brochure. And I... I don't think that, I really don't think that all of someone's marketing should just reside on their website because then the onus is on the prospect to go look you up. So you're at this speaking engagement, you don't have a brochure because you just decided, well, I'm just going to have a website. And, you know, and and you can't, you don't have a leave behind. I just think as a minimum, you should have a trifle capabilities brochure. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's probably smart to hire somebody to write that. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a strong writer. You know, I, it, you have to see where is your time most effectively spent. If you're yeah. not sending out proposals or meeting with clients because you're sitting there scratching your head writing your brochure copy, then that's, that's a problem. You definitely should hire somebody to do that for you. Same thing with designing the brochure. You know, everyone has a cousin that knows graphic design. Well, if they're doing it, if they're, they have a nice professional look, then great, but if it looks, um, you know, 
if it looks very homemade, um, I don't think you want to use that. I, you know, I always say to people when I speak, if you want to swim with the big fish, you better look like a big fish. Um, uh-huh. So I'm all about making sure our clients look like a big fish, even if it's, you know, one person operating their business out of, you know, their child's playroom. I, I make sure they don't look like that. Yeah, and it's so, it really is very affordable to do today with all the online printing solutions that we oh, yeah. have. Yeah, and um, great resources out there for graphic designers who work very affordably from home and uh, it's very affordable. So that takes us into branding and the importance of branding mm-hmm. our materials, our company, everything. Hot topic today is personal branding. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I guess as people kind of look at um, opportunities to delve into new industries or make themselves more employable, yeah, you're definitely seeing more of that. Yeah. And so do you, do you work with your clients in that way at all and helping them to become their brand? Um, there, I'm just trying to think of a, of a couple um, that, that have gone in that direction. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I have some clients that don't want to be their brand because they want yep. to know that the business is growing and thriving without them without being them. a visible part of the picture. And their concentration really is on getting other experts from their team out there and about. So, you know, just as you've seen more personal branding, I've seen the complete opposite in some cases for clients as well. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I, I think too, it really depends on the size of the business as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I know mm-hmm. for myself, I really try and brand the business, you know, not me, um, because the, the issue is everybody wants to work with me. And, you know, sometimes maybe I want to go away on a family vacation or something, you know? So, yeah. I'm always trying to migrate people because I have a great team of people here. Um, I really do. And so I'm always, you know, I, I like to uh, often I'll say, you know what, um, you know, Jessica knows all of this. This is really her thing. Or, or Beth knows all of this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just the owner. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I'm just the lady that owns the place because I really, I really want them to put their faith in, in, in my team here so it's not just me all the time. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll be here until I'm 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, and that's important to build that sustainable model, and it sounds like you're building a, a great model that, um, you know, has a strong potential for, for a sale at some point as your exit strategy. Maybe. It's, it's probably about 20-some years away, but I do yeah. often think I, you know, I guess in my phase two, I, I would like to do some teaching at a college. I'd like to be like a an adjunct or, you know, a faculty member, teach students about communications and, and marketing and, and still be here. I mean, I own my building that my business is in. Um, mm. I have apartments upstairs, so I uh, always joke that I'll be like the, <laughs> the, the 90-year-old owner living upstairs that makes her way down the steps to check on how things are going. <laughs> <laughs> That's too cute. That's too cute. Well, it's fun. We're going to go into another break in a few okay. seconds. And when, when we come back, I'd love to ask you, you know, how... Um, social media has really affected your business and what you do and if you okay. feel that's really opened up a new pathway or sure but, okay unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. 
And we'll be right back after these. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet jeans were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and yes, they have the t-shirts. And they're for sale at ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with the founder and president of Communication Solutions, Lisa Raffel. And you're going to find Lisa at uh, www.comsolutions.com. We're getting some great tips for smaller businesses on a budget in launching PR and marketing campaigns. And, you know, Lisa, you've been around enough years to, to have experienced in your business such a, a shift in trends and, you know, going from the traditional marketing campaigns, the grassroots kind of marketing campaigns, and then social media just, woo, how did that affect you? Um, well, it really forced it really forced our my staff, which is a pretty seasoned staff. Um, read, um, I guess, seasoned read over thirty um, to 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 kind of get up to speed on the the different media outlets, social media wise, that we needed to be able to offer our, our clients. At one point, we were relying very heavily on our interns to take us there with Facebook or Twitter, and then finally, we thought, okay, well, we really need to be able to do this without. Um, without interns, and though the concept of tweeting might seem a little silly, this is where things are heading, um, you know, we need to be able to offer this. So we, we educated ourselves, and we started weaving it more and more into the services that we've been offering um, and providing our clients. 
Okay, and so so that kind of begs an interesting question. You know, I've had clients who just really don't want to spend time in social media. They get the value, but it's just not their thing. And they've asked, well, how can I hire someone to to be the face of our company in social media? How could they possibly do it? Um, do you do that for companies? We do. It's funny. We have one, and I cannot reveal the client, but we have one client that one of our staff members is tweeting for them. He's... He's developed a persona for them, and he uh-huh. is their official tweeter, and he's wow. on there every day talking about different trends and issues, issues, you know, aspects of the company. Um, we really had a series of brainstorming sessions to kind of develop what that persona would be like based on, you know, the, you know who they saw their customers being, and, 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 and he's out there doing his thing and, and tweeting for them. Um, and, and more clients are, are asking for that. If they have a conference, they have a three-day conference, and they want people to be aware and excited about different sessions being held at the conference, you know, we'll tweet about those sessions, we'll provide updates on what's going on at them, et cetera. So it's just something we started incorporating into our offerings, um, you know, um, fan pages on Facebook, you know, for nonprofit clients, et cetera, just really keeping that content fresh for them, keeping... Um, people engaged so that they they want to check out um, you know their Facebook page etc. Wow, what a fun job! I want to come be somebody and tweet for you. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> it. Like I, I was just thinking to my husband yesterday. I feel like for kids that have just graduated with communication majors, it has opened up a whole you know uh-huh. you know job opportunity that didn't exist before. Yeah, it really has because, you know, business owners just don't want to do that. I mean, right. it's time consuming and it's so hard to quantify, right? I mean, sure. I mean, you can monitor who's, you know, following, reading your blogs, et cetera, on Google Analytics. But, um, yeah, it is time consuming. Yeah, it really is. But um, do you, you know, as a, as a seasoned PR person, um, I'd Let's say on a scale of one to ten, ten being absolutely very strong and one being eh, not so much. Um, how strongly do you recommend that a small business solo practitioner say um, really have a strong presence in social media? Well, once again, I think it's going to boil down to who their target market is. Uh, you know, everything I tell you will probably boil down to that. So, you know, if your target market is out there and they're on the the web and they're tweeting. Um, then those numbers are going to be higher. You know, they're going to be, you know, I'd say, you know, seven, eight, probably going up every few mm-hmm. months, probably going up higher and higher. Um, if you're, you know, an orthopedic specialist working with, you know, senior citizens and, uh, you know, you have an older audience, they're maybe not tweeting as much, um, probably a little bit less of a priority. So it's going to, it's going to, you know, once again, it will boil down to who your target market is. But I think just like when I first started, you know, my well, around shortly after I started my business when I used to do workshops and I, at the time I said, you know, you don't need a website right now. Well, that was, you know, 1994, uh-huh. 93. <laughs> now you need a website. So I think, I, I, I suspect that, you know, it's going to be the same with Facebook and Twitter. You're going to have to, you know, and, and more and more, I think there's statistics about, you know, older um Americans are, are startling. More and more of them are going online to email, oh, yeah. get photos of their grandchildren, et cetera. So I uh, think you have to, you know, you have to adjust for that, and, and and you need to keep yourself visible that way. 
Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. My mother is a fabulous, healthy, active 88-year-old, and she has me coming down to install a camera on her computer so she can be on Skype with us. Good for her. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's really oh. great. <laughs> my father, he, uh, for a while, he didn't know how to uh, attach a Word document. He would print out a Word document, scan it, <laughs> and then attach the scan, and it would be this huge file that would be crashing our email. It was very funny. Oh, that is so cute. But wow, what a creative way around, workaround, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, well, you've just been giving us some really great tips here, um, and I thank you for sharing those. And, sure. you know, we have a few minutes left yet, probably about five minutes left in the show. What are, what are some of the things that we may not have talked about that you might share with our audience who, who have, you know, small businesses and, and maybe a few employees, maybe solo practitioners that they can really start you know, embracing as a regular practice to get word of their offerings out there? Well, I think it's important to get involved with your local chamber of commerce as much as possible um, because, you know, you'll find there's opportunities. There, there, there ends up inevitably being free marketing opportunities for you, you know, through your chamber because the next thing you know, you join and um, they have an opening for an article in their newsletter and, and you can contribute something or they're trying to put together a panel to talk about X, Y, or Z and guess what? You're an, ex- you're an expert on one of those topics that they stick you on the panel. Um, and so I think, you know, it's one thing to join an association like the Chamber and mail your check and never do anything, say, oh, I never got anything mm-hmm. out of it, but then again, you never went and got involved. It's another thing to join and then call them and say, by the way, I, I would love to do this, I would love to do that, can I help with this? And I just think it's a great way to start building recognition for your business that way. Yeah, absolutely. Chambers and um, leads organizations. Yeah, and even you know the organ the associations that your your um, target market is a member of, but right. you are not. Uh, so, for example, we do a lot of um, a lot of crisis work, communications work for school districts. I am very active with um, the, the Pennsylvania School Boards Association, National School Boards Association. I'm, I'm you know I pay my member dues every. Here. I'm not a member of a school board, um, you know. I, I but but that's my target. So I'll keep going to their conferences and paying my dues um, so that I could stay engaged with those those people because they're the ones that hire us. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And I know you know. There's also the value um, when when I started coaching, um, I joined BNI Business Networking International, and. Um, you know, in, in, the, in the first year, I can't say that I got that many clients, but what it really helped me do is learn to speak about my business. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, that's true because you have to get up and do your 30-second commercial. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's a, a lot of value in other ways beyond just simply getting clients and joining local organizations, too. That's, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And I yeah. guess the other advice is, you know, look at your local paper. Is there... You know, is there an opportunity for you to provide a column? You know, is there a website in your area that focuses on, you know, is there a website specific to, you know, your profession where they might want a regular blog from you? I mean, really just keep your eyes open for those opportunities. Yeah, and guest blogging, too. Yeah, it's... definitely. Yeah, that that is a great, I mean, you know, the, there's just 
some great opportunities being uh, opened up by the Internet. PR people love the Internet now because, you know, our, our press releases, they go viral, they end up here, they end up there, they end up on this person's blog. I mean, it's really quite great. Yeah, it is. It's fun. There are, you're right, the whole, the whole Internet has opened things up so much, too. And uh, I think, yeah, I think I've found guest blogging to be really, really valuable for me, definitely, to drive traffic to the website and, and uh, you know, just uh, getting out there. Right. So, yeah. yeah, lots of things that could be done. You just, you know, you just have to set time apart from, you know, the day-to-day operations of your business and, and make a commitment to, uh, to marketing yourself that way. Mm-hmm. It really is a, a part of the entrepreneurial entrepreneur's job, if you will, to make sure that that marketing happens. And it's so easy to put it on the back burner. Yeah, especially if you don't enjoy it. You know, obviously, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's what I do. You know, I could think of probably, uh, you know, a dozen other administrative things that I don't really enjoy so much. So they yeah. just put it on the back burner. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think there's an entrepreneur out there who doesn't like talking about his or her business. Yeah, so. that's true, yes. <laughs> you know, different skill skill levels, absolutely. And so, at 11 years old, does Ilya have any um, involvement in your company whatsoever? Um, believe it or not, yes. <laughs> he, um, he, he, you know, I'll pick him up at school, and he'll be here, and he'll, um, you know, I, I often, as I told you, he's very verbal, and, and we talk a lot in our, we talk about business all the time. So I will often, you know, you know, say, oh, you know, what do you think about this situation or that situation or what do you think of this headline or that headline? I was actually just asking him today if I were to invest some money in a video camera and some software so that we could do some um, YouTube videos for our clients. Which mm-hmm. software would he suggest? So I was getting his take on that because oh. I thought maybe he could help out. He's appeared in a couple commercials that we've <gasps> created for clients because he works for free and he's cute. Um, <laughs> so we, we have a couple commercials that he's appeared in, which, you know, he gets a kick out of, you know, the fact that he's on TV here or there. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, in, in, that, in that level, yeah, um, I, I think he finds my husband's business more appealing. My husband owns a bulk vending distributorship, so he has five million pieces of candy and toys oh. in his warehouse. So, so his career is much more intriguing at eleven years old than mine. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. So, in these last few seconds of the show, Lisa, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about your company or you? No, well, we well, we always do provide complimentary marketing and public relations consults. We we always do that. So if someone okay. here is listening and has been saying, "Oh, I would love to," you know, contact them, but you know, I don't know what's that going to cost me. We, we always we always do that as a courtesy. So that's something uh, to keep in mind. And um, yeah, that's it. And I guess yeah. other than that, I guess words of advice. You know, do what you love. Um, just make sure you you market it so that people find out about it. Awesome, Lisa Raphael from www.comsolutions.com Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Lisa. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get